to another episode of the Next In Line podcast. Uh, you've got Adam Davis in the booth today um, talking to you about all things Loud and United, some of the results. Uh, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, some of the upcoming stuff we've got as well coming down the pike for Loud and United. Um, if, if you listened to the last episode of Next In Line, you, you probably heard uh, Adam Mendelovitz talk a little bit about kind of the, the structure and what we're going to be doing a little bit this season um, in that we're going to kind of go off and on and he's going to have uh, a weeks I'm going to have B weeks or something of the sort you know I'm, so you're going to get a little more of the solo time from each of us individually that'll give him a little more time to kind of dig into uh, what a lot of the DC United fans uh, listen into us for which is that, that DC United Academy uh, intelligence and knowledge and stuff uh, from a perspective of someone who is able to go out to those matches and kind of watch uh, them perform and, and apply the knowledge of that to whether they're going to have uh, minutes maybe at Loudon or um, the MLS2 team that DC United is cooking up or, or just maybe are, are going to be uh, on DC United's uh, roster here in, in the coming uh, months. And so and, and my episodes are going to be a little bit more focused just on the team. And we'll both talk about Loudon United, of course, but um, we'll do that. Don't worry um, if you enjoyed our, our uh, duo episodes, our, our duets, uh, so to speak. There'll be plenty of that still. Uh, we, we have every intention. But this way, we're able to continuously pump out a more uh, steady product and, and, and give everybody things to, to listen to on a, on a weekly basis, ideally, um, moving forward. So jumping right into it, um, I'm going to talk, I'm going to get off and start off right, right about, you know, right off the bat about uh, the Tulsa game. Um, the first loss of the season for Loudoun United, you know, starting off hot. We, we had that that win against Memphis, had a draw against uh, arguably the best team in the league being San Antonio FC. And then we trot out to uh, to Tulsa uh, and, and we lose in a bad way. Uh, we lose in a bad way. There's no way to sugarcoat it. We, we lost uh, a game that was winnable, but also very losable. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit. So starting off, um, what was different? How? What were the changes? Uh, Coach Ryan has been pretty consistent with his lineup setting all season long. He has a favorite eleven. He has a preferred uh, set of individuals, um, and so we didn't see much changes other than what was out of necessity. First off, uh, we got Hugo Ferro is is back in the sticks uh, in between the sticks. Excuse me today. Um, and, and I think that he's the preferred goalkeeper. I'm not clear exactly what it was, maybe an illness, uh, why he missed that San Antonio match. But uh, he is the preferred goalkeeper at the moment uh, for, for Ryan. And that's, uh, that's I believe, because of his ability to kind of play out of the back. Uh, the other change that you saw, and, and I mean, I feel like midway in the season, we're going to see a lot more changes match to match. But the only other change that we, we saw out there was Abdul Zane, who we've seen come off the bench a couple times, got the start. And that was out of necessity because our – uh, our, our star center forward, uh, Ryan, it was uh, not available. Zach Ryan was uh, on suspension and uh, not available following a late red card in the San Antonio match where he uh, lifted his hands to the ref, put it that way, um, in a very silly um, decision in stoppage time when the game was pretty much over. He knew it right away. And, uh, yeah, so um, those were the changes. 
so talk about the result, right? Uh, if you've got Google, you know that it ended 3-0 and Tulsa took home all three points. Um, but I want to talk about like the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? What, what happened? Uh, or were the shining lights? And so first of all, the, the good, we'll start with that. Khalil El Medkar. Um, he was not at his best against San Antonio. I think that it was pretty obvious statistically he was kind of uh, up, maybe maybe out of his depth or something. I'm not sure, but he was definitely quieted, uh, or at least the focus of the attack was not through him against, against San Antonio at home. But he was back to showing that he has the potential to be an elite winger in this league in Tulsa. He was arguably the best player on the pitch uh, for the 90 minutes. I don't really believe that man of the matches are, are something that should happen in losses, but if there was a player performance of the night for Loudon, it was Khalil. Um, he he kind of demonstrated and reminded folks that our attack, especially when everybody's healthy, everybody's not suspended, it's going to be one that has to be respected. Um, and, and yeah, just got to gotta stay out there. Um, my only gripe with him is there's probably one or two opportunities that he really should have bagged uh, in, in the first half, uh, you know, and... And, and Tommy had an opportunity, too, that I, I think could have very easily set the, the, the match on its head. But uh, you got to finish those chances. And that's that's what that's the, the name of the game. Right. You know, goals are goals. So um, another good was despite the scoreline, you know, something you don't normally say is that there was a defender out there who was really, really turning in another solid performance. And that was Cole Turner. Um, Eighty five touches, you know, four out of five successful dribbles, 59 out of 79 accurate passes, two out of three tackles, one. Um, you know, th- uh, two clearances, three interceptions, twelve recoveries, uh, seven out of ten ground duels. One just rambling off, you know, all the different stats that are just demonstrating that he had an amazing uh, performance. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, you got to also mention Samake and Santos. Our uh, our fullbacks were continually critical to our attack. Um, as we always know, Ryan's uh, wingers always are. Uh, they, they seem comfortable playing the ball forward and supporting overlapping runs, but you know perhaps sometimes that position is what exposed our defense a little bit and kind of left Turner out and, and Learman out, um, exposed, maybe out on an island by themselves. Um, so, you know, that's the good. Not a lot to say, uh, and, and not even a lot of it is, is, is super strong, right? But the bad, uh, I think, is a little bit longer list, uh, you know, I don't like doing this because I think other than a couple of bad mistakes, uh, I, I think that Giannis Learman was someone who I wanted to add to the good list. But just that, that final the final shot that allowed the, the third goal just kind of put the nail in the coffin for me. Um, you know, there's a couple of, of, of silly, silly errors or, or just getting beat, simply just getting beat. I mean, not even just errors, but his partnership with Cole Turner has been exceptional this season. Um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them playing together for for hopefully many, many weeks, many, many months of the season. Um, they've obviously built a rapport and they trust each other. Uh, you can see it in the communications, but, you know, number one, getting your ankles just broken by Blaine Ferry in, in stoppage time in the first half, and, and then that final goal, the third third goal, um, just not closing that gap, allowing the, the space to take that shot. Um, another another added to the list is, is Abdul Zane. Um, you know, someone who I, I, we all know has got the potential, uh, and and you know he's he's young, he's skilled, and this was not this night was not his best. Uh, we all have seen him perform at a much better level, and obviously the potential is, is high because the, the the team is still uh, you know renewing his contract, but. 
for his kind of big re-debut night, quote-unquote, this was not the performance he wanted to put in. You know, he had an opportunity to, to, to step in where our star uh, center forward was, was not in, in the lineup, and he didn't produce. Um, he wasn't communicating on, on plays, and you can kind of see there was breakdowns. He wasn't finding himself in the right position at time. Uh, if you look at kind of like the body language and the the, 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 the gesticulating, you know, gestures and stuff uh, between the players, he, he, you could tell he was not uh, clear on where he was supposed to be at times. Um, you got to add the ref to it, but, I mean, honestly, there's been there's been plenty of worse uh, refing performances I've seen in, in the USL Championship. Um, you know, Kof Kof missed offsides in the Memphis game that should have uh, <laughs> gotten us a very early goal. Um, I believe that would have been Khalil too. Um, and the, the last list adds to the list is, you know, possession ball in coach Ryan's midfield is, is critical. And, um, Hussau and Roca have both been seemingly everywhere in the first two matches, helping uh, solidify that, that the, the possession based ball. But, um, they were also simultaneously nowhere against Tulsa. I'm not sure if that was a result of Tulsa's ability to kind of boss the center of the field or if it was just our desire and panic of, of sending long balls you know, from our back line into the attack, trying to get things sprung quickly. But they were not as present as I would have hoped them to be. Um, and then there's the ugly, right? Uh, number one is, from what I'm hearing, Cole Turner is, is injured. Um, he's been a shining light from, you know, on our back line. Our back line's been great, but he's certainly been, uh, in, in my opinion, the, the best performer, um, you know, there's always that mentality. People get injured, people get suspended. So, so next up, I would imagine Bryce Washington's going to step in into his spot um, for the next, from what I'm hearing, four six weeks kind of time frame, which is a, you know a critical tar- start. Excuse me, critical part of getting the season started. Woo! Um, and it's going to be a bummer not to have him. Uh, I I happen to know that Cole is also a, a fellow hunter like myself, so I'm, I'm glad to see he's getting a break right in time for turkey season. But um, it's a huge bummer and it's a huge loss for the team. Um, and then the other, the, the biggest piece, probably the most glaring ugly is, uh, is mentality. And, and there's really just no better word for it, but it, it was shit. You know, um, I hate, I hate, <laughs> I, I hate speaking so negatively about, about a team I love so much. It's, it's, it, it hurts me so much, but you know, the thing is, is like, it wasn't skill that allowed a, a, a first half stoppage goal, um, it wasn't it wasn't you know a lack of skill that that they gave up that goal at the end or in the first few seconds of the second half those are mentality lapses those are la- you know lapses in focus um the the, the talent is there the the, the mentality is there and 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 everything it's it's there but when you when you turn off at, at this tier at this level when you turn off for even a brief moment a brief second uh you can get punished and and that punishment can last the entire season um so Hopefully that's something that, that, that Coach Ryan can work on. Um, Coach Coach Martin, I've said Ryan, uh, like first name, just getting my 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 name is all you got Zach Ryan, Ryan Martin. There we go. Um, so whichever one, you know, one of the captains or, or the or the coach. So that's it. You know, that's enough about Tulsa. There's no reason to talk too much about it. It's a loss. Um, you know, it didn't feel good. Hopefully the players, uh, it didn't feel good for the players. Hopefully they remember that taste. Um, you know, hopefully they don't forget what that felt like and 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 then we see we see a change across the board um next up we got some big matches you know the the powers that be at the usl headquarters are really just not paying us any favors uh any right now at the moment 
Um, we're, we're going up against a high-flying Western Conference team that has, has in the last few seasons, performed well, had in the last few seasons spent money. Um, they've got a talented midfield, a talented attack. Um, and they're coming to Segra, you know, uh, not only boasting probably the most obnoxious name in the entire USL championship, but uh, with an identical record to us. And they want to prove... Uh, that they belong in the conversation, in the playoff conversation, that they belong, you know, in, in title contention conversation. Um, so that's Colorado Springs Switchbacks FC. That's so say that again. Colorado Springs Switchbacks Football Club. Absolutely, just asinine name. Um, but you know, I get it. Colorado Springs is the name of the town. You gotta, you gotta add something else for some reason. So glad that they did that. Um, so they threw Switchbacks in there because they're like tongue twisters. Um, so. Last season, they finished third overall in the West, uh, and they, they made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. They lost there to San Antonio, a, a, a place where they have a curse. Um, they just cannot win. They cannot get that, that win. Um, they started off their season with a win against El Paso, a team that kind of is up and down, looking for an identity, had some big wins, had some big losses. Um, and then they followed up with a, with, a, with a pretty curious draw against arguably the worst team in the league so far, that's hard for athletic. Um, yeah, uh, then they lost their uh, rematch of the Western Conference final to San Antonio over the weekend. Um, a team that we just tied at home. You know, what does that mean? I don't know. It doesn't necessarily translate to exactly like we're a better team than them. But um, is this a winnable game? Yes. Is it a losable game? Absolutely. Um, they're they're very talented. They're very good. And I'm going to explain why. Um, you know, I think that people looked at. Tulsa's spot on the table and assumed because they were toward the bottom or near the bottom that that Loudon was going to just waltz in there and, and take the thing take take the three points uh, you know win it and um, I think people forgot that they were a big team with some major offseason acquisitions and signings and and they were looking to get a win in their home opener Tulsa Tulsa that was their first home game and and they wanted to, to provide that statement early in the season where it, where the tables are still pretty level. Um, I think that this is also very similar, um, and it's winnable, but it's scary. Because uh, Colorado Springs sits you know pretty identical to us on the table. Um, <clears throat> they're inconsistent and they're not very deep, but I, I think that a skeleton crew is going to be what what comes out to Leesburg, and I think that, that I think that they can come out here and they can take three points from us um, if we're not uh, on top of our game. Um, what does that skeleton crew look like? Well, their midfield is is not anchored by, but uh, one of the primary cogs in it, I would say, is is former DC United um, <clears throat> player Drew Skundrich, uh, who who actually had a great season, uh, you know, a good enough season, performed well at, at the MLS level, and uh, is is starting off the year really well for uh, for for Colorado Spring Switchbacks. Um, he, he's probably been, I don't know. He's probably their most talented midfielder and, and, and kind of someone they were able to acquire in his prime last season. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'd see, you know, he's probably going to come out here with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, you know, that, that he wasn't around, you know, able to stay in the, the, the Northern Virginia area, the D.C. area. And so, um, yeah, keep your eye on Drew. Uh, Jairo Enriquez is another talented attacking midfielder kind of a little versatile plays attacking mid central uh, on the left even sometimes on the right but he's, right now I think we're gonna see him probably on the left wing um, if he starts at all he actually got minutes uh, in in uh, El Salvador's national team uh, yet last night as I'm recording this um, 
but he, he started in their 1-0 loss to Honduras on March 22nd, but he played last night against the U.S. men's national team in a very critical Nations League group stage match. If that says anything, that he is in, you know, in, in Group A, you know, in the top tier of the Nations League, competing against, you know, arguably one of the t- top two, if not the top team in CONCACAF, um, you know, that El Salvador thinks that highly of him, that he's getting starting minutes there. Um, despite that international duty, I kind of expect him to be a part of the lineup April 1st. If nothing else, then maybe um, we'll see him coming off the bench. Um, and then you got Duke, Duke LaCroix, who is a defender that plays left center back. Um, and, and he's kind of uh, in, in their left, excuse me, in their three-man back line. and um, Left back also when they deploy, deploy a more traditional 4-4-2. But um, him and then his converse, Deshane Beckford, uh, you know, an attacking on, that's been cutting his teeth on the right wing, um, but can drop back a little bit as well. The two of them are de- dangerous players at developing attacks and stretching opposing players. Uh, Beckford already has two assists to his name to demonstrate that uh, on three games. So um, <clears throat> this is a team that is looking for an identity. They have three goals from three different players. Um, you know, they're going to look to crowd out Zach Ryan, I'm going to get my Ryans correct, crowd out Zach Ryan. They might crowd out Coach uh, Ryan Martin also, but probably um, won't be as helpful. But they're going to look to crowd him out, and and that should also provide opportunities for for our wingers to get shots on goal, I I believe. Um, That's that's where we're going to see our bread and butter in this match. Um, They're going to want to control possession, and they're going to want to dictate the pace of the ball, the pace of the game, um, something that that, that Coach Martin likes to do as well. Following Colorado Springs, Loudon's going to play its first ever cup match at Segerfield. I've I've talked ad nauseum about this. If you follow me on Twitter and whatnot, you know, follow us on Twitter. Um, so I won't get too much into it. But North Carolina FC, um, another honorable mention for one of the longest names in uh, in football. But that's also just because their state is 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 uh, two 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 words. Um, so yeah, again, no need to ramp up the importance of it. But after just one match, North Carolina is in dead last right now in the USL League One. Means nothing, um, you know, because to be fair to them, they played against last year's champions, South Georgia Tormenta FC. Love, love, love long names. Um, and they only lost by a single goal. Uh, they went down early, and then they owned the game with 63% possession, 432 complete passes with 84% accuracy. So um, only allowed three shots all match. You know, and, and then they take on USL League One newcomers Lexington SC uh, on April first. So that that's a game that I imagine there's gonna be some loud and staff at uh, to to check out in, at Wake Medfield or Wake Med Soccer Park in Cary, North Carolina. Um, their leading goal scorer from 2022 is back, and he uh, is is gonna get minutes. He's gonna probably be someone who they're gonna be resting and starting against us. Uh, that's Garrett McLaughlin. Um, who's yeah he had a substitute appearance against Tormenta. Uh, no big deal. Um, and o- OLX Anderson also is, is someone who is kind of sits in that center forward spot behind the striker like Zach Ryan does. Um, recent cup history for North Carolina FC, it, they lost in the second round to RGV Toros in 2022. There was no competition in 2020, 2021. So their their last like real deep run in franchise history was maybe their best one um, was back in 2019 where they had wins in the second and third rounds. And they went on to play in the fourth round against MLS side New York City FC, where they uh, got uh, beat up pretty bad. But that's that is uh, to be expected. Um, they've also got a talented uh, kind of defender, deployed at defender, but midfielder also uh, been playing in the round the left back position. 
um, and and sometimes at the right back spot. Uh, it's Nelson Blanco, and I only mention him because he also got minutes off the bench last night for El Salvador um, against the U.S. men's national team in the Nations League. It's a really weird and crazy stat, but Nelson Blanco, uh, Jairo Henriquez, and then Brian Tamakas, who is a um, right back who plays uh, for Oakland Roots SC. If you know who we have upcoming, um, being we have you know th- this upcoming game against Colorado Springs, we got North Carolina, then we got Birmingham Legion, then we got Oakland, meaning that three out of our four next matches played minutes against the U.S. men's national team. That's Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, you know, Matt Turner, the, 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 like, you know, the players that make up, uh, you know, the top leagues in France and England and whatnot. Um, these are, these are talented, talented players. Uh, these are talented kids. And so, uh, you know, they're looking to, to demonstrate and show that talent, whether it be on, while we're, uh, oh, well, they're, they're all home matches. We got a, a run of home matches. Um, April showers bring Loudon home matches. Um, and, and so they're going to be looking to, to come to Segra and, and demonstrate that, that they're the adults in the room. Um, but, but I think that all those games are, are winnable. This is not, this is not your, uh, you know, this is not the, 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 the Loudon United that we've seen in the past. I think that, um, we can trot out there and, and beat anybody in this league if we try and if we uh, demonstrate it. So hopefully uh, the team is looking to, to grab some new signings in the coming weeks. I think that providing some depth, especially around the midfield spot, would be uh, hugely beneficial to, to this team going forward. Wouldn't mind even seeing some depth at, at center back. Um, I think that at this point we probably expected maybe one or two more names to, to have uh, trotted down from Audi Field. But with how things are going for D.C., I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see the likes of Matai Akinboni or Hayden Sargis making a trek down. So, you know, we'll see. Hopefully, they're, you know, the, the, the new folks over at Loudoun are willing to splash some cash. And we see some names announced. And uh, they get incorporated quickly because cause we need it. We need it. And, uh, and I think that we're maybe a piece or two away from really having a good run at this. But uh, that is it for me, folks. Uh, you know, hope everybody's able to make it out this weekend to this game. I, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it. I can't wait to see how we perform. This is a huge test, uh, one of the biggest tests, I'd say, in, in franchise history as we continue to try to set the pace for the 2023 USL Championship season. So, uh, as always, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting us. However you do, wherever you do, whether it's listening or talking, um, you know, looking forward to seeing folks out of games. And uh, take care.